as all that is here to this great city of Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, from Baltimore, Maryland. Wrestling fans and welcome to the Rassel Rama podcast. On this edition, uh, we're taking a look at the life and crimes of some wrestlers. Uh, if you've checked out our website, WrestleRama.com, you see that we have the life and times of wrestlers, which is uh, where we go over the obituaries of wrestlers who have passed away. In uh, the life and crime of professional wrestling, that's where we look at. You got it. The crime, the criminal activity of professional wrestlers in pro wrestling history. Uh, we're going to try to focus on events that have not been covered uh, by Dark Side of the Ring. So we're not redundant. Um, so we're kind of getting into the bag here. Some criminal activity, maybe some lesser known happenings, maybe some things that you heard about but quite didn't hear everything about. Uh Today we're going to be talking about a stabbing involving Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson. Uh, but before we get into this, this is a, a really deep dive into the whole situation. Uh, before we get into that, I want to remind you to check out our website, RussellRama.com. That's where you can check out all of our podcasts, including the life and times of and the life and crimes of. Uh, we also go over pay-per-view events, special TV events. Uh, we go into old-school TV rewatches, where we just pull up a random episode of old-school wrestling and talk to you about it. Maybe we haven't seen it in a while. Maybe you've never seen it. I'm sure we'll see some good matches, some funny stuff, and some things that may have us scratching our head. And again, you can find all that at WrestleRama.com. That's R-A-S-S-L-E-R-A-M-A, WrestleRama.com. And that's where you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of our socials are WrestleRama. So let's get into today's episode. Again, it's a uh, stabbing incident. This took place overseas between Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson back in 1993, the fall of 1993. Sid was actually in the middle of a huge push. Once again, being pushed uh, based on his size and his appearance. Guy had no wrestling skill whatsoever. Uh, but he was in the middle of a big push. And he was actually scheduled to main event that year's Starcade against Big Van Vader. And he was supposed to defeat Vader and become the new WCW Heavyweight Champion. But the events that took place October 26th in England changed everything. Uh, some would say, you know, it changed for the best because instead we got Ric Flair versus Vader that year. 
in one of the all-time classic Starcade matches. Ric Flair uh, won the title. Had a great build-up to that match as well during the show. Um, the previous week's television, though, had already been taped. So you were still seeing Sid Vicious out there. There was actually one segment I can't quite remember because, again, this is almost 30 years ago. But it was either Sid saved Flair or Flair saved Sid. Um, and it just looked odd coming weeks after Sid stabbed Arn's, excuse me, Sid stabbed Ric Flair's good buddy at the time, Arn Anderson. Uh, so October 26th, a vicious hotel street fight in England took place between Sid Udy, a.k.a. Sid Vicious, and Marty Lundy, a.k.a. Arn Anderson, resulting in both men receiving numerous stab wounds. Um, before we get further to the story, just want to mention that I'm getting a lot of this information, uh, not only from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, you can check them out, WrestlingObserver.com, but I'm also pulling some quotes and various information from shoot interviews uh, that these guys have done, guys that were on the scene. Um, and I just did a you know quick Google search and pulled up some information. Uh, so back to the story. Not only are Vicious and Anderson's future in World Championship Wrestling in question at press time, but WCW management faces some major scrutiny because of rumors of hypocritical and double standard decisions that many believe could have set the tone for the incident. As of press time, WCW officials have only responded to questions regarding the futures of both wrestlers with comments that the incident is under investigation and have avoided answering several serious questions the incident raised regarding the company's drug testing policy and booking and contract decisions that have been made in recent weeks by a company desperately pretending to ignore the obvious. The vicious Anderson brawl took place at approximately 2 a.m. the evening of the 26th at the Moat House Hotel in Blackburn, Lancashire, England. The two were part of the WCW troupe that began touring Europe, with its first show having taken place hours earlier in Cardiff, Wales. After a lengthy plane ride to England, followed by a show and a three-hour bus ride to the hotel in Blackburn, Trouble started between the two at the hotel bar. According to numerous reports, most of which were, with the exception of minor details, remarkably similar, the first stages of trouble started when Vicious started bragging about how he had just held the company up for a major contract raise, reportedly up to $600,000 per year, to agree to do the job for staying at the Halloween Havoc pay-per-view show a few days earlier. Both men had been drinking, and Vicious was apparently ribbing Anderson over the fact that he had just received a $100,000 per year raise, while Anderson had received a $100,000 pay cut. Under Bill Watts, Anderson's 1992 contract of $250,000 per year was cut to a 1993 deal of $750,000 per night, which should result in roughly a $100,000 pay cut. Vicious was reportedly bragging about how the company was going to be built around him, and it was time for Sting to step out of the spotlight as the company's main character. Look, this was back in 93, and here we are, 2022, and Sting's still wrestling on TV. Uh, to retire so the company could start being successful. 
Those close to Vicious confirm a similar argument story with Vicious claiming Flair was repetitive and washed up and should retire for the good of the company and Anderson defending his friend. Anderson responded something to the effect that Vicious couldn't work and had never proven to be able to draw money. Anderson got in Vicious's face and perhaps some of the guys were egging them on. At one point, Anderson challenged Vicious to step outside and Vicious backed down. But at about that point, WCW security chief Doug Dillinger separated the two and ordered both to go to their hotel rooms and cool off. Anderson was taken back to his room by Dillinger and Vicious, who trailed behind, went back to his. Just before Anderson shut the door, the two had words again as Dillinger threw Anderson in his room and locked the door. Sometime shortly thereafter, Vicious came down to Anderson's room and brought a broken off piece of either a chair or a table from his hotel room with him. Stories get dissimilar at this point. The version attributed to Anderson is that someone tried to kick down his door and the kicks were so powerful the door was practically coming off its hinges. As he looked through the peephole he saw nothing and the kick stopped. He opened the door and no one was there. As he stuck his head out the door, he was blindsided with a baseball bat swing-like blow from the weapon and knocked out. The other version was that Vicious asked Anderson to talk things out because they had a, a long tour ahead of them and Anderson responded he was going to cut him up and chased him with scissors and Vicious was defending himself with a chair shot. At this point, Vicious allegedly jumped on him and the two started brawling. Anderson reportedly told friends that the first blow with the weapon knocked him out for a few minutes, and when he started regaining his senses, Vicious was on top of him, beating his face into oblivion. Somehow, Anderson got loose and grabbed a pair of scissors with a dull tip rather than a spike-like tip and stabbed Vicious in the stomach with them, opening him up. At this point, Vicious retreated and went to the hall, where Anderson jumped on him again. Vicious was stabbed with the scissors at least three more times, with most reports saying they were in the stomach, but those close to Vicious saying two shots were in the face and one in the hand. Vicious somehow got the scissors away, with reports ranging from Anderson dropping them while wrestling with him in the hotel hallway and Vicious picking them up, to Vicious punching Anderson in the eye and grabbing them from the ground. At any rate, Vicious allegedly began stabbing Anderson over and over, with Anderson receiving a total of 20 stab wounds, most in the shoulder and back, but at least one that was one inch below his eye that there is belief was aimed at the eye. Wrestlers are always taught in street fight situations to go for the eye. And another in the throat, and was covered in blood from head to toe by the time Two Colt Scorpio heard the struggle and broke things up, which may have saved Anderson's life. Vicious apparently claimed to have blacked out and not remembered anything other than regaining his senses while on top of a bloody Anderson. Most of the gashes were about one half inch deep, but the gash in the throat was five inches long. By the time separate ambulances arrived, they found Vicious waiting in a reception area and Anderson in bad shape in his hotel room. At some point in the struggle, a hotel window was shattered as well, 
because the hotel hall the next morning was covered with both men's blood, broken glass, police and newspaper reporters, and reportedly, WCW had to make major amends to the hotel to settle the situation. Both men were rushed to the nearby Blackburn Royal Infirmary Hospital. Vicious, whose eye reportedly was swollen up like a tennis ball, had exploratory surgery done on Wednesday and was released from the hospital and returned home by the end of the week. Anderson, who was weakened by losing approximately a pint and a half of blood and whose eye was totally swollen shut, was also released from the hospital and returned home by the weekend, but was still in a very weakened state a week later. Doctors reportedly told Anderson that if he had lost much more blood, that the damage could have been life-threatening. That if the scissors had a sharp edge, that it is questionable if he could have survived the attack. And if the gash near the eye was an inch in another direction, he'd have lost the eye. Initially, both men filed complaints against one another, but withdrew their complaints largely because they would have had to remain in the country for 90 days to get the complaints prosecuted, and the police didn't file charges, likely because both were immediately going to leave the country. Although the story received banner headlines in both London and Lancashire, England tabloids, because of the manner of which the stories were written and the reputation of pro wrestling in the country, our reports are that most British wrestling fans simply felt it was an angle to hype ticket sales for a disappointing tour. Reuters News Service sent the story on its international wire, although it received only minimal coverage in the U.S. and a little more in Canada, including a brief item in Thursday's USA Today. Most of the North American reports noted both men as being stabbed, although gave the indication it wasn't the result of a fight between the two, but from outside parties and listed both men as WWF wrestlers, as did most of the British radio and television media when covering the story. WCW PR head Mike Weber, who was on tour in England, tried to use the fight as a means of hyping pro wrestling as real with his quote in the London Sun saying, it just shows that what you see in the ring is what you see in real life. These two haven't fought each other for several years and obviously don't get along. I don't know what the disagreement was about. Actually, according to those close to the situation, while the two were not friends, they were co-workers on and off for many years and not enemies prior to this incident. Vicious attempted to call Anderson on Monday to apologize. On the WCW hotline this week and on its television show over the weekend, there was no acknowledgement of any incident having taken place except by Missy Hyatt. Hyatt talked of the incident on Sunday on the hotline, placing the blame on Vicious and saying that he was fired because of it, which may have been jumping the gun because the company has officially not made any announcement of such. As our latest reports, Vicious was going to see a doctor early in the week to determine how long it would be before he physically would be able to return to the ring, if he still had a place to work. The estimates as to when Anderson would be able to return were between one and two months, but there was no word on his employment status, although it is now believed he'll be retained. By Thursday, WCW officials gave word to the production staff to remove Vicious and Anderson from all pre-taped television shows that would begin airing this coming weekend, 
which led to widespread belief within the production and announcing crew of the company that both had been or were going to be fired. Reportedly, all promotion for the Starcade pay-per-view show where Vicious was initially scheduled to win the WCW title from Vader has been changed to pushing Vader defending against Flair as the main event. That was actually the second choice as steps were taken to put together a different main event bringing in a wrestler from outside whose name can't be confirmed, but that deal fell quickly apart. The decision, hmm, real quick, this is just me kind of thinking. So in the fall of 93, WCW was trying to get another wrestler to fill in for Sid versus Vader from outside the promotion. I mean, first, right away, you think Hogan. Hogan was done with WCW the summer of 93, so I guess that's a possibility. I really can't think of anyone else, maybe unless they were getting you know, somebody from Japan or something to come over. Um, I'll have to look more into that. I, I can't remember hearing about that back then. All right, back to the story. Uh, the decision was made that it was too late to re-edit the TBS shows over Halloween weekend, one of which included a heavily pushed Vicious versus Ric Flair match to determine who would meet Vader at the November 10th clash. Flair winning on DQ, leading to Vicious's babyface turn. Both men had been prominently featured on TBS Saturday night shows taped through the end of November. On the November 6th show, Vicious was the person being interviewed when Gene Oakland makes his WCW debut. On November 13, Anderson and Paul Roma were in a key television match against Paul Orndorff and Yoshi Kwan. On November 20, the television main event was Vader and Steve Austin, scheduled against Flair and Vicious, where the Kongs destroy Vicious before the match, and ironically, Anderson replaces him in a 30-minute match, which ends with Vicious doing a run-in to save Flair and Anderson. So that's, that's what I was talking about earlier. I knew it was a... One of them was running in to save the other. So it was Vicious doing a run in to save Flair and Anderson. At some point in November, an angle was scheduled to be shot where Roma would turn heel on Anderson, leading to a Starcade match on December 27 in Charlotte. It is well known the original plan was for Vicious to win the WCW title from Vader at the same card, then win the other world title from Rick Rude in early 1993, that's got to be a typo, it's going to be in early 1994, to finally unify the belts. So that's what they did. So Flair won at Starcade. This is what really wound up happening. Flair won at Starcade. Sting was held the other world title, so I'm guessing he beat Rude without you know, looking this up. Sting beat Rude. And then they had the unification where Flair beat Sting. And then that summer, Flair fought Hogan when Hogan came to WCW. So curious now looking back, would they have did? So Vicious would have beat Vader. He would have then beat Rude in early 94 to unify the belts and pushed as the focal point of the company. But then in June, July is when Hogan came in, so would they have done Sid versus Hogan? And what type of business would that have done? You know, two big guys, would that have done better than Flair versus Hogan? Cool to think about stuff like that. The butterfly effect, right? You never know these small things or big things that happen 
how it changes the course of history, whether it's wrestling history or world history. Uh, so, and therein lies a problem that WCW management at press time is desperately avoiding addressing and the crux of the problem that WWF has spent years trying to circumvent. Steroids, lies about steroids, steroid tests, hypocrisy about steroids, more lies about steroids. So this was Meltzer going into his thought. I guess Sid had a roid rage, and that's what caused all this. So we'll cut at that week's episode, or excuse me, that week's issue of The Observer. Then we'll flip into the following week's Observer to kind of get a catch-up. As of press time, some two weeks after the incident between Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson took place, WCW officials have still not commented on the incident, nor on the many questions regarding management of the company that the incident raised. While no official disciplinary action has been announced, it is believed by several within the company that Vicious, believed by many to be the instigator of the physical aspect of the incident, will be fired and then Arn Anderson will be retained. So that's weird. Two weeks. Was it two weeks? Yes, some two weeks after the incident, WCW still had not fired Sid. WCW back then was, I mean, really, they bounced back and forth with managers and who was in charge, who was booking. No one really had control. Um, so it's not a surprise that it took them over two weeks to fire somebody who stabbed a co-worker. Uh, let's see. So Anderson will be retained. Vicious has denied to friends that he started the fight and claimed Anderson threw a beer mug at his head earlier in the evening while they were arguing at the bar. We've been told current plans are that there are no plans in the cards for Vicious and that Anderson's name was listed on new booking sheets. WCW on Tuesday said that neither man would appear at the Clash, the Disney tapings, or the November 20th pay-per-view show, although neither would be physically ready to wrestle by those dates to begin with. If there are no plans for Vicious, nobody has told him, as Vicious was given the indication from WCW President Bill Shaw that he was still with the company and that Shaw believed his version that he was not the instigator. Reports we get are to expect something concrete from the company this week since all the witnesses involved in the early aspect returned from Europe on Monday. All pre-taped material with Vicious on WCW Saturday night shows that air from November 20th on have been edited from the show. On the show that airs this coming week, an angle was shot where the Kongs beat up Vicious before a scheduled Ric Flair and Vicious Versus Vader and Steve Austin match. Vicious made a comeback for the finish. If his comeback doesn't air, the injury would likely be the writing him out of the script. Because Vicious's stab wounds in his stomach and swollen faces from punches thrown are still noticeable, and overall he wasn't recovered from the brawl, Vicious, if he remains with the company, wouldn't be appearing at the Orlando television tapings in which four months worth of syndicated worldwide shows will be taped. That was This is me talking again. That was something else crazy they did back then. They would do these marathon tapings um, for the syndicated shows where they would, you know, in, in their 
uh, to their credit, they would book months in advance, but then they would tape months in advance. So they would have three or four months worth of stuff taped. And besides the obvious, you know, it's going to get out uh, to the newsletters and the smart fans will find out what happened and they'll tell their friends and, you know, whatever. But you also you're also going to have stuff like this or stuff like injuries or, you know, other stuff where people are fired or quit. And you got to rewrite and change those months of TV. So while I definitely admire them booking that far in advance, I just thought it was ridiculous that they recorded that much TV in advance. Back to the story. Anderson's injuries were severe enough that he would also be missing the clash if he'd been booked on the show and the Orlando tapings, which he was booked on. If Vicious, who had reached a verbal agreement before Halloween Havoc with WCW management on a $2.4 million four-year contract, and that money figure reportedly didn't include either merchandising or pay-per-view bonuses, so me again chiming in, a four-year contract, October 93, that would have had him in WCW up until October 97. Of course, we know what in the spring, yeah, right after WrestleMania 95, was it? He debuted as Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, in which they called him Psycho Sid and played the the kind of the music of the movie Psycho, which, of course is famous for someone getting stabbed in the shower. Uh, Sid, so yeah, 95, he went to WWF. He main evented WrestleMania uh, against Undertaker. He de- he went on to defeat Shawn Michaels at, uh, what was it, at Survivor Series 96. And then Shawn Michaels beat him, what, at Royal Rumble 97. So Vicious went on and still got paid at WWF, I'm sure, for a few years. Um, but it's, again, that butterfly effect. What would have happened if if Sid would have stayed? Would he, he have feuded with Hogan? Would he, would he have been there through 97 when the NWO started? Where would he have fallen within that whole w, uh, WCW-NWO battle? Fun things to think about. Some fantasy booking, if you'd like. Uh, So let's see. $2.4 million contract. Uh, So it's a question on if he will return. Will return WCW. It would likely be by early December. Although in either case, it is believed his pay-per-view main event title match against Vader, scheduled for Starcade, will be changed to Vader versus Ric Flair as a clash match. Um, so again, Flair did get put in that spot in Starcade. Flair won the match. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you check it out. One of the great Starcade matches up to that point. Uh, great match. I believe Charlotte is featured in some pre-match video, or maybe she's at ringside or something. I know. I know a young. I believe a young Charlotte is there. Um, all right. So now what we're going to get into? We're going to get into quotes from various wrestlers who were on the tour and some that were on the scene when it happened. These quotes were pulled mostly from shoot interviews the guys have done, maybe some stuff I found online or in their book. Um, So let's get on to some quotes, on-the-scene quotes from wrestlers who were there. 
this one is from the Nasty Boys. We flew, whatever it was, seven, eight, or nine hours across the country. We got on a bus, wrestled, drove nine more hours till six in the morning, got off the bus, and went to bed because we partied on the bus all night. Arn, Sid, and a couple of the other guys went to the bar after the bus, and that's when it all happened. I wasn't there, but it was a real unfortunate thing, man. What happened between Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson was bad. Too cold Scorpio. We go over there and fly into Blackburn. We drove three hours, got to the show just off the airplane and did the show. After the show, we had a three or four hour drive, maybe even five, back to the hotel where we were staying out of Blackburn. Everyone was off the bus, taking a few pills, having a few drinks. Uh, this is this is quotes from Big Van Vader. If I were asked to get on the stand and testify, I would blame that one on the company because we flew over there, eight or nine hour flight, got off the plane, traveled about two and a half, three hours, got off the bus and wrestled. After the matches, it was back on the bus, and we traveled another 10 to 12 hours to get to where we were going. It was just ludicrous. I mean, they should have got us off the plane, wrestled, went to bed, and then skipped a day. Know what I'm saying? Skipped a day and stayed over there. We're talking about there was beer, the food ran out, and everyone was drinking. By the time we got off, 10 hours later, we're talking about an 8-hour plane ride, 2.5-hour trip, fighting, and a 10-hour bus ride back, the guys were frazzled and worn. Almost sounds similar to what happened with the uh, plane ride from hell, doesn't it? Being uh, in a large group together, traveling, flying, on buses, drinking, drugs. Uh, this is a quote from Sid. As I was going to my room, Arn and a bunch of the other guys were in the hallway, and he broke a beer bottle and threatened to cut me. My room was only just a few rooms down from him. I passed his room, took a left, and went to my room about four doors down. I got in there, and I wasn't going to sleep real nice. I wanted to go back to the bar, but I actually went into my room, ate a part of my sandwich, and said to myself, Man, this motherfucker, I've had a bad temper too. I said, This fucker threw a beer in my face, and now he's threatening me with a fucking beer bottle broken, you know? You have to draw a fucking line. There was a chair sitting right there, so I broke a fucking leg off of it, and I was going to whack him in his fucking head a couple of times. This is back to Two Cold Scorpio. I, see, I hear somebody, and I'm like, what the fuck? Somebody is fighting out there. I'm thinking it's Vader. I'm like, god damn it. Vader obviously starting shit with someone again, man. This is from Vader. Their hallway was down a different hallway, so I didn't really hear it. Back to too cold. So I go over to Vader's room and shit, and I hear snoring sounds. I hear this motherfucker snoring through the door. <laughs> this is back to Sid. When I got back down there, there was nobody in the doorway or the hallway, and Anderson's door was shut. So I knocked on his door and said, come on out of here, motherfucker. Bring your beer bottle. Some words were exchanged. I couldn't totally hear him, but I hear him falling down and stumbling around. And I think, ah, he's fucked up. I looked at my hand and thought to myself, this is fucking stupid. So I threw the fucking thing. Back to too cold. I go down the steps and I see blood galore. 
blood on the left, blood on the right, blood all down the fucking hallway and shit. I keep on walking, and I'm in the fucking hallway with a goddamn towel. I get down there, and Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson are down there just brawling. They were covered in fucking blood. Sid Vicious got the fucking scissors and got Arn Anderson by the hair, and he's booting him in the fucking face, stabbing him with the scissors every which way. Arn Anderson got blood spitting out of him like a horror movie and shit, man. I see Sid kicking Arn Anderson's nose, and it does a 180 turn straight the fuck up and shit, and I'm like, damn. Back to Sid. At this point, I think I heard him say, man, you're fucking killing me, or something like that. And I had the scissors in my hand, and I looked down, and I saw him, and I'm like, fuck, he's fucked up. Back to too cold. I jump in, boom, push him apart and shit. Arn Anderson kind of falls against the wall from half drunk and half loss of blood and shit. And he just kind of stumbles against the wall. Sid kind of steps back and he looks at me and I step back in my stance and I'm like, damn, I don't want to have to take you down. You know what I'm saying? But that shit got stopped. Sid just looked at me, freaked out. This is according to Sid's manager, Colonel Robert Parker, or his TV manager at the time. Uh, Sid dismantled a chair, grabbed the leg of it, and then went to visit Arn Anderson. After feigning a handshake, Sid smashed the leg of the chair over Anderson's head, leading to a brawl that spilled outside the room. Anderson attempted to to stab Sid with a pair of scissors. The two wrestlers tussled for them, with Sid eventually snapping the instruments and stabbing Anderson 20 to 30 times, spilling an obscene amount of blood. Parker was also also insinuated that Sid was wrestling without steroids, and he was bound to explode due to the withdrawal effects. On the other hand, Sid has given a different retelling of these depressing events. According, according to him, Anderson was threatening to stab him with a broken beer bottle, during the argument in the bar, later on, Sid visit, visited Anderson's room with the intention of nailing him in the head with the limb of the chair he had dismantled but decided against it. Uh, this is a quote, or uh, this is a statement from Richard Steinberg, who was the WCW official who was directly involved with the Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson incident in Blackburn. He shared his experience from this fateful evening. Hi, I was at the WCW. I was the WCW official on this tour. I was directly involved in the incident. At the time, I was the director of marketing services for WCW and was on the entire tour. I received a phone call in my room about 2.30 in the morning that there was a major incident and I was needed in the lobby ASAP. I told them to call the tour director or the head of security, Doug Dillinger, but I was told he could not be found. I got dressed and grabbed the elevator down to the first floor. Blood was everywhere, all over the hotel walls leading down the corridor to the lobby. I passed Sid and and Arn's rooms, which were across the hall from each other. Both doors were open, lots of blood and smashed furniture everywhere. I get to the lobby, and the entire front glass window of the lobby is smashed out 
with plate glass broken everywhere all over the place. At this point, I know nothing except what I see. Sid is lying on the floor and bleeding from several wounds. I immediately cover two of Sid's wounds with my hands to try and stop the bleeding. I ask for an ambulance, and I am told that it's on the way. At this point, I know nothing about Arn. I get in the ambulance with Sid. He is crying all along the way to the hospital that he doesn't want to die. Alternatively, he is telling me that he fucked up his big chance to be WCW World Champion, but mostly moaning that he didn't want to die. Here's this huge guy crying like a baby. Imagine that. I mean, seriously, you're on, you're in an ambulance. You just got in a fight. You may have been stabbed, and you're thinking about messing up your chance to be WCW World Champion. Unreal. All right, back to his statement. Uh, I entered the emergency room with Sid while the doctor treated him. He is crying and still moaning, I don't want to die. The doctor takes a look at his wounds and tells me to leave while he treats him. I walk outside the treatment room and encounter two Colt Scorpio. He tells me the full story of what happened and that he stayed with Arn during his ambulance ride into the emergency room with him. I made the decision to contact WCW back in Atlanta immediately. I grabbed a payphone, but of course it's the middle of the night back in Atlanta and nobody answers the phone. I leave a message for Bischoff and return to Scorpio. Scorpio and I remained in charge of the two guys. Scorpio finally left and I stayed at the hospital for several more hours. I got back to the hotel and netted the police there and Doug Dillinger, the WCW security guy. I grabbed a couple hours of sleep. In the morning, I received a call from Atlanta telling me to remain in Blackburn with Sid and Arn while the tour continued to the next cities. So I remained behind the tour to deal with potential police charges and extensive damage at the hotel. I had the hotel calculate the entire amount of damages and fax the information back to Atlanta. WCW then increased the limit on my company visa card and I paid the bill at the hotel. It should be noted that after my return to Atlanta, it is discovered that a hotel employee had stolen my credit card number and made additional unauthorized charges on my account. So much fun. A day or two later, when the guys were stable enough to travel, WCW told me to take the guys on different days to different airports to get them back to the United States. I ultimately put Sid in a taxi and sent him on his way to the airport. The next day, I did the same with Arn, but taxi to a different airport. So that's it, guys. The life and crime of Sid Vicious, and I guess you can say Arn Anderson. Pretty detailed look at what happened uh, with not only a write-up from the Wrestling Observer, quotes from many of the wrestlers that were on the tour and on the scene, and quotes from the WCW official. That was on the tour with the wrestlers. Uh, at the beginning of this, we had mentioned that we're going to, uh, on on this series, we're going to focus on events that have not been featured on uh, Vice's Dark Side of the Ring. And according to both Sid and Arn, 
They have both said they would not participate in a Dark Side of the Ring episode of this event if Vice decided to do one. So, I hope you enjoyed our look at the Sid and Arn Scissor incident from 1993. Again, we encourage you to check out our website, rasselrama.com, where you can uh, dig into more of our podcasts. We have Life and Crimes. We have The Life and Times, uh, which is talking about the deaths of wrestlers, looking at their obituaries. Uh, We take a look back at some different events or maybe different times of wrestling, and we just do podcasts about TV shows and maybe pay-per-view events or old-school uh, wrestling TV shows. So, again, check us out online, rasselrama.com. That's R-A-S-S-L-E-R-A-M-A.com. That's also all of our socials, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Check us out at Rasselrama. Wherever you're hearing this, if there's the option to give it a like, give us a like. If you can subscribe, please do so. And until next time, guys, take care and see ya. Has all that is here to this great city of Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, oh, we are. If there's anybody that's a big star in Baltimore, it's you. In the Baltimore, whether you like it or not, you better learn to live it. This tonight is Championship Wrestling returns to Baltimore at the Baltimore Civic Center tonight. And I have picked Baltimore else to be the place where this war is going to come to an end because they got a lot of nice, fine hospitals there. You know it. I know it. And Baltimore is... It's the night of champions in Baltimore, Maryland in the Civic Center.